0: We began this series on the seven blessings, seven covenant blessings of sonship and living under an open heaven. Just throw your hands up and say, the heavens are about to open. But they're not gonna open just cause you come to Sunday night service and sit there and say that. So let's start off in Malachi chapter three, verses 10 and 11. And as you're turning there, or as they're bringing it up on the screens, please say this out loud with me. Say, he's not talking about money because the minute you turn to Malachi 3, people just get all tense and they get nervous and they just, they just get all blotchy-faced and they start sweating because they, they're afraid somebody's going to talk about money. And we're not, we're not going to talk about money except as it leads us into it. But uh, here's, here's where we are. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Would you read it out loud? Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be what? That there may be what? Meat. That there may be what? Meet where? Meat. In mine house. And prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven mm, and pour you out a blessing. Now, somebody give me the definition of blessing. Empowered through revelation knowledge to prosper. Say it again. Empowered. That's the reason God said, I give you power to get wealth. It's actually a poor translation. It actually says, I give you power to get wealthy. So that I may establish my covenant in the earth as I swear to thy fathers. So he said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, that I will not open it. He's actually saying, test me. Test me, put this to the test, that I will not open the windows of heaven. Now, when I get the windows of heaven open, I'm going to pour you out a blessing. It is only a father that can pronounce this blessing. And a father can only pronounce this blessing on a son or a daughter. And you are not a son or a daughter because you said you were one. In fact, I found out in 30 years of ministry, most of the people that talk about being my son or being my daughter all the time are the furthest things from it. It's it's no different with God. They serve me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Are you with me? A father is one that has a plan, a provision, and protection for those of his house. Now, there are how many kinds of sons? There are two kinds of sons because only a father can pronounce this blessing and only a father can pronounce it only upon a son or a daughter. But not a son or daughter as you think of son or daughter. You are not a son of daughter in this context just because you have been born into the family when you when you get born again you get perfectly adjusted to god i'm going to say it you are righteous but you are not holy because I've been adjusted to God. I'm righteous. I'm in right standing with God. Heaven will be my eternal reward. But very little has changed in the everydayness of who I am and how I respond in the world around me. In other words, I'm not under an open heaven. It took Jesus 30 years to get the heavens open. Preachers have preached since time immemorial about three and a half years of a 33 and a half year life. How come nobody ever talks about or preaches about what happened in the 30 years? Call them the silent years. But something happened during those 30 years that caused God, when Jesus was being baptized in an act of obedience, watch me to a man. You noticed that your Bible said, now I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll catch up, that Jesus increased in wisdom and in favor with God and with men. You want favor with God when you are in rebellion to men. You don't want me to stay there. You don't don't want me to stay there because you still got a Miriam syndrome. Does not God speak to us also? Sure he does. And you'll be a pillar of salt because you have not learned obedience and you are a stranger to submission. The only time you submit is when it's convenient for you. Oh, I'm gonna get in some stuff now. I'm gonna help you. So there are Two kinds of sons. Yes? First kind. Technon. What's it mean? A son by birth. But there's a second kind. What is that? Rio. H-U-I-O-S. What does it mean? A son who has adopted the character and nature of his father through acts of submission. The reason there was a tree in the middle of that garden and the reason he is saying bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse is not because he needs your money. It's not about money. The only way this is about money is as money is an expression of your life. You give your life for 40 hours a week and they give you money for it. So he's really talking about your life, isn't he? So he's saying, bring your life, move it, into the, move it into the new covenant. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, this your reasonable service. Be not conformed or made like this will Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes? So this kind of a son gets the heavens open. The reason that tree was there was to give God an opportunity, excuse me, was to give you an opportunity to transform innocence into holiness, and holiness is power. Or in other words, for you to become mature. How do you become mature? You become mature by being obedient to a series of moral choices. I'm faced with a moral choice. What is innocence? Innocence is the untried possibility of holiness. God said, I don't know if you're going to have power or not. I will release power to you when you prove yourself faithful through obedience and submission to me. Then I'll know you're a candidate mature enough to handle my power. No, you're not. So don't sit there and act like you don't need more power. Because I've seen your kids, they're sick. I've seen your bank account, you're just about bankrupt and losing your house. Don't sit there and look so crooked with your halo so crooked on your horns. Are you with me? But if we can get to the age, the spiritual maturity of true sonship, then the heavens will open. What happens when the heavens open? The Holy Ghost descends. Where you people been? What happens when the heavens get open? The Holy Ghost descends. Secondly, what happens? A voice speak. There is a revealed word given to you. And thirdly, what happens when the heavens get open? A blessing is pronounced by whom? A father on whom? A son. And what does this say? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So God was saying, when he came to earth, he was my son. But now, technon, but now he is my will. Now he has reached, in the Jewish tradition, 30 years of age, the age of maturity. But spiritual maturity has nothing to do with age and everything to do with obedience. So when I'm faced with a moral choice, will I kick the dog, yes or no? Will I submit to my pastor, yes or no? No, 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 stop talking. There's no room for talking. There's no room for negotiating. There is only room for obedience or disobedience, submission or rebellion. So see what you need to do. You just need to take your eraser and just erase everything else. Because there's not anything else. Are you listening? Well, there isn't anything else with your children, is there? When you give your children a word, parenting 101, do not tell your children the same thing five times and then discipline them. I love dogs. I really do. They don't talk back. I love I got some good dogs. I got some dogs that got dog PhDs. You understand what I'm saying? I, I mean they they smart dogs. In actuality, they're really not smart at all. All they know is survival. And since I I feed them. Somebody said, would you like me to feed your dog? No, just stay away from my dog. Don't feed my dog. As Soon as you go to feed my dog, he'll think you are responsible for his survival. You say, what in the world is he talking to this for? Cause you tuning through every channel, listening to every preacher, Visit this church, that church, some other church. Go here, go there, go wherever. The entertainer of the day. So you got to be careful who's feeding you. And and when I tell that dog, they're German trained. And when I tell that dog, Platz, that means place. And he better get in that place, and he better not move. Because if he doesn't respond the first time I tell him, and I tell him again, and he doesn't respond, and I tell him again, and he doesn't respond, and then I discipline him, I just taught him that I have to tell him three times before it means anything. And God has been telling some of y'all for years the same thing. And you don't learn. And the reason is you've been eating in the wrong places. See, you, you shouldn't come to church and say, oh, I'm going to see if, if the word can bless me. No, you ought to come in here so ravenously hungry. When my dog eats, you don't want to be there. We put my dog in a room, slide the bowl across the floor, and slam the door. And it sounds like he's ripping the floor up. Because if he's not hungry enough, I won't feed him. And if you are gonna survive in this thing we call the kingdom, you better find out who's responsible to feed you. And quit talking to everybody else about what they think about it and what they think about your future and what they think about what you ought to do. and what That's the reason you're not hungry enough for a word because you're out there eating everybody else's mess. This is good. This is good. When I was being being brought up spiritually, I had people say to me, your church is way bigger than that old man you follow around. And that's the reason they shot up, oh, they made a good show for a while, but you don't ever hear of them anymore because they ended in a divorce. They lost their kids. Their kids running around carrying an uh, 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 an unplanned pregnancy. Their wife left them with another man. They don't have any ministry anymore. Oh, they were a big deal for a while. Big deal for a while. Look at them now. Are you listening to me? When you get in a church And I don't rightly care whether it's this church or another church. If you get in a church where a five-fold ministry office gift is feeding you, and you are growing thereby, and you are learning, and you are maturing, would you, under God, nail your feet to the floor? (laughs) set down somewhere. Some of y'all got the spirit of the world on you. You got this restless spirit. I used to have a man worked here. He called himself a son. He, he couldn't be still two minutes. And I said, you've got a problem. There's no peace. Every time I go to your house, there are 15 people in it. Is it ever quiet here? And the poor children run around. No peace, no quietness, no sense of family, no sense of this is us and that is them. Dear God, some of you pawn your children off on so many people they don't even know who their parents are. They mind somebody else more than they mind you. Come on, we got to grow up. Grow up, settle down, plant your feet, find out who's feeding you. Touch somebody and ask them, who's your daddy? some folks they do daddy's spiritual leadership just like they do husbands and wives they just get tired of that one and throw them out and go get them another one go find one that'll say what they want to hear okay okay you want to get into this or not you want me just want me just play around with it you want to get in it I'm not open the windows of heaven now watch this I will not open the windows of heaven shout I want to live under an open heaven shout I want to live under an open heaven shout, Ooh, that's better. Look at the very next verse. God said, the minute the heavens come open, what's he say next? I'll rebuke the devourer. Wait a minute now. See, you, you, everybody's shouting. You don't know why you're shouting. Why do you reckon he follows up after it took Jesus 30 years to get the spiritual maturity? I don't know how long it take you. But whenever you get there and the windows of heaven finally come open and the Holy Ghost and angels descending back and forth and up and down and bringing blessing and carrying back and, and you're living under that thing and you're living with the power of the resurrected Christ on the inside of you. God said, the minute the heavens come open, I'll rebuke the devourer. Why? He's waiting. You didn't hear me. He's waiting. If you think he's been nipping at your heels up to now, Wait till the heavens come open. See, you didn't know you signed up for that. Wait till the heavens come open. Oh, God bless me! And the minute God rends the heavens, the adversary shows up on your doorstep. In fact, you can start to find out whether God's starting to open the heavens or not based on the response of your adversary. You didn't hear what I just said to you. You're not even listening. Tell somebody said, did you get that right there? Are you tracking with this? Did you get that? Okay, let, let me go on. Let me go on because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into stuff. And you, you're going to go home tonight. Just, you ready? <laughs> I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. And we'll we'll not finish out the verse. Luke 2.40, the Bible says that Jesus waxed strong in spirit. Now then, dog submits for survival. Whoever thought of notes like that? I, I hate to go through this, but let's do this. Put spirit, soul, body... Spirit, soul, body, king, servant, slave. Spirit, soul, body, servant, king, slave. King, servant, slave. King, servant, slave. Spirit, soul, body. Man is a spirit, lives in a body, possesses a soul. The soul is the mind, the will, the emotions. Yes? If you will go through Luke chapter 2 and Luke chapter 3, you will find that Jesus was brought to maturity in all three of those areas of his tripart being. If God is three parts, we are three parts. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, inner court, Holy of Holies, Outer Court, Angels, Gabriel, Lucifer, Michael. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you with me? Spirit, soul, body. God created you that way. When he created you, your spirit was king. Your soul, your mind, will, and emotions had to submit to your spirit. And your body was a slave that had to submit to the soul. When man ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this was reversed. Man said, I no longer choose to be led by my spirit. i rather choose to be led by my mind. Don't let me shock you, but 99 and 9 tenths percent of Christians spend 99 and 9 tenths percent of their time still in that order. Their mind and will and emotions decide how they respond in every situation. You know, this this body sees that body and says, I want that body. So they go get married because they can't stand to burn any longer. You're not with me. Or they get married in their soul. Our minds think alike. We were educated the same. Those last a little bit longer, but not much longer. The ones that really last are when God places two spirits together and connects them spiritually. Hallelujah. And I can tell you what your relationship's all about. If you gotta be alone, you have a physical relationship. Somebody back there got it. If you got to be alone, you have a physical relationship because there's nothing you can do in that apartment, Bible college students, where you have no business being and you signed a paper that said you wouldn't be alone with some other Bible college student. There's nothing good that can come of that any way, shape, form, or fashion, except for your soul to take precedence over your spirit. Are you with me? So men said, I choose for my soul. Christians live that way all the time all the time they live that way all the time they're in debt but they can't live without that dress are you listening to me they ought to have their kid in christian education but they just had to have that boat are you listening to me they ought to spend time in prayer but can't turn the tv off they ought to be quiet in the car at least so god could speak to them but they got to have 42 speakers blaring out some country ballad about you know some dying calf somewhere Do you understand? So they fill themselves with all that and then say, I wonder, I can't hear God. God's not speaking to me. Why don't you speak to me? And God said, I tried. So the soul and then the body comes in line and the spirit gets put to the back of the line. Now, when you get born again, your spirit man is recreated, but he is an infant. You feed your natural man natural food. You must feed your spirit man spirit food. And after you not a baby no more, quit eating milk. You need some meat. We got to grow up. Tell somebody, I want to grow up. Now to grow up, you got to get on meat. To begin with, I've got more airtime on the three major Christian networks than any ministry, but I tell those people all the time, don't watch this program and think I'm pastoring you. I am not the shepherd of your soul. That's not what God created Christian television for. And that's the reason some of you don't know who your daddy is and you don't know whose anointing you've released into your life. But if you put yourself in these pews and you call me your pastor, then I am the shepherd of your soul. Now that's a whole other calling. That's when I got to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering, and some of you take some suffering long. Long Long-suffering and doctrine. Doctrine, not just blessing. See, if you're living and everything you hear is a camp meeting sermon, you're a sick Christian. You're a sick Christian. You're never going to go on to maturity because that's milk. It's not intended to do nothing against them. It's not intended to do that. It's not what God intended to do. If that was the case, we ought to just shut our churches all down and everybody just watch TV. Wouldn't that be better? You wouldn't have to come out. You wouldn't have to, you know, do all that stuff. Wouldn't need buildings, didn't need a PA, didn't need any of that stuff. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is that you for not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and even more so as you see that day approaching. The only two institutions that God truly ordained are the church and the home. Now, government came along and God blessed it, but the re- reason government came along is because men demanded kings if they'd have just stayed in line with God, wouldn't have even needed it. Why are you looking at me funny? Okay, you with me? So we gotta get your spirit back in control. So when you got born again, you got in right standing with God, but you were not holy. So God gives you a series of moral choices for you to change innocence, untried possibility of holiness into holiness. Yes? Okay, now watch this. You have to do it spiritually. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want I'll come back and teach you this later because I want to hit some other stuff. But but let, let me just let me just give you this real fast. Luke two forty. Luke two forty says. Well, uh, Luke Luke two forty says that the body is for it. Where's Luke two forty? You got it up here. Look at it. The first thing he says, and the child grew. That's speaking of the physical stature. Growing. That's that's speaking spirit, soul, body. Then in Luke two fifty two, look what it says. You got that one? Luke two fifty two. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. Wisdom deals with the soul, the mind, will, the emotions. So in a young man, it's physical growth. In the middle. For a young man, in a child it's physical growth. In a young man, it's mental growth. Learning to deal with your will, learning to control your emotions. And I got a whole lot of teaching in both of those that I'll give you. But the third thing that happens in Luke 240 is that he waxed strong in spirit. Proverbs 18, 14 says, the spirit of a man shall sustain all his infirmity. John 6, 63 says, my words are spirit and they are life. Now, if we're going to go on to maturity, we have to develop spiritually. Are you ready? 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you As unto spiritual, what is he saying? You haven't gotten out of a child or a young man and moved into maturity. So I couldn't even speak to you as unto spiritual, but only as to a carnal, which is fleshly. He's saying they're still down here dealing with their body. See, see, watch this, watch this. Watch this, when you become spiritually mature, you no longer need the support of the law. A spiritually mature person does not love his wife because the Bible says he has to. A spiritually mature person loves his wife because he can't help it. The nature of Christ has been so formed in him. You're not listening to me. He doesn't give his tithe because he's afraid God's going to burn him like a cinder in hell if he doesn't. He gives his tithe because he can't help it. He doesn't love a brother that has a different pigmentation in his skin than him because he went to the racial reconciliation seminar. He does it because he has become so like Christ in spiritual maturity that he cannot but love him. The Bible says, Elder Canfield, if we'd been spiritually mature, we'd have had no need for the law. Freedom is not, freedom is not the absence of the law, but the ability to live in it without it. I don't have, I don't have, to, I don't have to have a law, but unto carnal. It's a whole other message, but I'd like to spend a lot of time right here and prove to you what's going on in the church. Because all that's going on in church is milk. It's it's really psychology 101 and it's not even good psychology. better self-esteem, how to feel better about yourself, how to, seven ways to be happy or whatever. Okay? Nobody's selling books, seven ways to crucify your flesh. Those don't sell. Am I in the right bunch tonight? I come on, this is not camp It's not Wednesday night, a camp meeting. I'm not throwing down. I'm just trying to bring you on to maturity. Said, I couldn't do it because you were carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Continue. Three, two. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto, now watch this. This is gonna freak you out. Remember Malachi three? Prove me now here. Bring you all the tithe in the storehouse that there may be what? Meat. What? Meat. What? Meat in my house. Why? God's saying, I'm going to prove you with mammon. And if you will be faithful in mammon, then I will open to you. But if you can't even be faithful with 10 cents on the dollar, why are you talking to me about maturity? If you can't even trust me for a seed, how in the world are you going to trust me for a harvest? So God said, I give you a moral choice. How you respond to that moral choice, whether it's a tree in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, or whether it is a tithe or an offering, or any of a thousand other things that God confronts you with on a daily basis. God said, through your choice, those moral choices, I'll decide whether or not you can handle meat. Now watch this. How do I know that's true? What did Jesus say? Jesus said in John 4, 30 to 34, my meat is to do the will of my father. Yeah. You can't handle that, can you? My meat is to do the will of my father. No, we better not go there yet. Okay, watch now. Watch now. For ye are yet carnal, because there is among you envy. Instead of helping promote somebody that can do something better than me, I try to crush them so I can keep my place. It's real quiet in here. Well, I've always done this. Well, maybe God had you do that for a season. And maybe that season's over. Well, how do I know? Who's your daddy? Oh, it's so quiet. It's just, I I mean, you could almost hear a pin drop on this padded carpet. It's so quiet. You know why? Because 99% of people sitting in pews are eaten up with envy. Pastors sit around and they hear about a pastor with 400 people on Sunday morning receiving a $122,000 offering and they can't even get happy. They can't get happy. Can't get happy. Hear about somebody else get promoted at work and they can't get happy. Have somebody called out and recognized and they can't get happy. Babies. Babies, it's good. Man. Aren't you glad God selected you and a bunch that could handle it? Uh-huh. That's good. All right. All right. Where are we? Put it up here so I can read it. For you are yet carnal. Now, folks, you know the best thing you can do when you're confronted with the word of God is stop thinking about everybody but you. Because I ain't talking about nobody but you. Just look at your neighbor right now because if I was telling you $1,000 bills are going to show up in your, in your mailbox, you'd be knocking people out of the way So that's my word right there. Let me see you take this one. Let me see you grab this one right here. That one's mine right there. You ain't going to get that neighbor. This one's mine right here. God's saying to me. God saying right here is what he's saying to me. I'm yet carnal. I'm carnal. Because when he says, pray, I make excuses. You believe God for babies and then say you can't come to church because you couldn't find a babysitter. You don't really want me to talk like this, do you? The very thing God you prayed and believed God for is now the thing separating you from him because you made it an idol. Anything that separates you from God's an idol. I don't care if it's you didn't get your hair dyed, you didn't get your nails did, it don't matter. They ran out of extensions and you can't come? I'm just having fun. I'm just having fun. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife, you mean to tell me you and your wife, both born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, and you can't get along? Now, that makes no sense, does it? That doesn't make any sense. God Almighty has recreated himself on the inside of you. You have been born into Christ-likeness. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead lives in both of you. And y'all going to bed at night mad at each other. And then standing here, bless me, Jesus. And that's the reason your teenagers look at you behind closed doors and roll their eyes. Strife and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? God doesn't want you walking as men. God wants you walking as God-men, God-women. Next, Hebrews 5.12. For when for the time... You ought to be teachers. Let me get over here so I can see this bunch back here. For you ought to be teachers. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. You know what he's saying. Watch this now. You know what he's saying. You're not mature enough to do his will because your meat is to do his will. You haven't grown up enough. You're not strong enough. You decide whether or not you're coming to Wednesday night based on how tired your body is. It's real quiet in here. (laughs) Hebrews five, no, John four. Well, we can skip past that. That's where Jesus says, my meat is to do the will of the father. Now watch this cause I'm really gonna, I'm gonna mess you up right now. Jesus did not go straight from the baptism by John to the blessing of the open heaven and straight into ministry to be a blessing immediately after he was baptized. That's not the way it works. You want hocus pocus. You want come down here, somebody lay hands on you. You want to come to Bible college for six weeks have somebody lay hands on you and be elder Canfield two weeks later. See, that's what you want, but it doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. Slow, steady progress is made to maturity. Slow, steady progress is made to maturity. I didn't think you'd shout. Watch this now. His sonship was challenged in the very next chapter. Driven into the wilderness, after the baptism of John in the river, when the heavens split open, and you would have thought after that that people are just going to jump out of graves and people blind eyes are just going to pop open, and whether we made it, the heavens are open. God's speaking a word to me, the Holy Ghost is on me. I'm, watch now. And the very next thing says he was driven by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted, tested to see whether this sonship was really valid. Oh God, oh God. And what did the devil ask him? If thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Immediately after the heavens are open the enemy begins to challenge that sonship. That's the reason God said, the minute the heavens get open, I will rebuke the devourer. Because he's coming. Do you see? Because he's coming. God knew he was coming. You're going to be driven into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, but don't hang your head because there's hidden treasures in secret places. No, that's where you're made. Touch somebody and say, that's where I'm made. In the middle of a test, in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the tribulation, in the middle of the darkness, when I don't understand it, when he's telling me to do something that just seems crazy to me and I'm expected to submit to that and I don't like that and it doesn't feel good to me. You wanna go on? Okay, I'm I'm gonna hurry, I'm gonna hurry. Before we walk in our open heaven blessing, we gotta pass a 40 day wilderness temptation. What enabled Jesus to resist the devil? Okay, and I knew that's what everybody'd say. On the surface, it would seem as if it was the word of God but it was more than just the word. Are you ready? I'm gonna prove it to you. Number one, you're not gonna like this. Just, just go ahead and say right now, say pastor, I love you, but I'm not gonna like this. You're not gonna like this. You're not gonna, whoa, you're not gonna like this. Watch, number one, number one, He had power to overcome after the open heaven experience when he's being tempted of the devil because he was totally and completely submitted to a man. Not God, a man. Boy, I tell you, it's like, I can feel it coming off of you. Totally, completely submitted to men. His earthly parents in Luke two forty one. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Who's your daddy? And he went down with them and came to Nazareth. Who's your daddy? And he was subject unto them. Who's your daddy? A pastor... The Lord has led me to marry so-and-so. Would you marry us? No. 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 People say, well, you probably don't do one or two weddings a year because there's only one or two people that ever do it right. Lust and burning on your part doesn't make me reconsider my conviction. My conviction is if you wanted to marry that girl, and I'm your daddy, you should have come and talked to me before you ever said a word to her. And if you didn't do that, don't send no form into my office. Cause all you're doing is asking me to bless what you've already decided. You took me completely out of the equation. Pastor, my wife and I have decided that it is time for us to depart and begin our own ministry. We would like, we are leaving on the 12th of June. We would appreciate it on the 11th on Sunday morning if you would, now you think I'm making this up. I'm not making this up. We would appreciate it on Sunday morning, June the 11th if you would call us before the congregation, lay your hands on us and send us out with your blessing. (laughs) Fat chance. You mean you won't bless us? No, I can't bless what God's cursed. How am I going to bless that mess? You didn't, you didn't. You had no even resemblance of submission to earthly authority. None. It's nowhere even in your spiritual vernacular. And I'm telling you right now, until we learn some stuff like this, We are never, ever, and I'm talking about universally, we are never going to be the church God destined us to be. And you are never going to be the believer God destined you to be. I could cite example after example. I've seen two since I took this walk from there to here. Of people that have sat still for three years. Waiting. Waiting. On a word, waiting to their own detriment, it would seem, just waiting. And when God tells me something, I'll tell him. Otherwise, that's between them and God. I don't have anything to do with me? But I'll tell you this: God won't let you kill an Ishmael. Just let it sink. Let's soak in there. Because some of you got Ishmael sitting at the table right now. And and you got Isaac sitting at the other end of the table. You're like Dickens. The best of times, the worst of times. Sitting at the same table. Because God won't let you kill an Ishmael. God does not need your help in getting you where he already determined for you to be. And the minute you try to help him, Sarah, you're going to be in a mess. Man, I can't believe God thought you were able, mature enough to handle this. And parenthetically insert, I'm not telling you anything I haven't lived. Nothing that I haven't lived. I still to this moment honor my father and mother. I live with my wife in a partnership, not a dictatorship. I respond to my children as the Holy Ghost and the Word of God direct me. To respond to my children. Not as a dictator, but to train them to make decisions. Okay, I'm going to go back here. Safer back here. Are you bored? Are you bored? Okay, number two. By submission to the mission of another man's ministry. That's how Jesus walked. You remember, he comes to be baptized of John. John says, oh, I don't, I'm not worthy to even stoop down and unlace your shoes. And Jesus said, I have need to be baptized of you because if I don't get under earthly submission, I'm never gonna get under an open heaven. First Kings 17, Elisha and the widow, she unlocked his anointing when she obeyed the directive that he gave her. Jesus needed to be baptized of John. And then thirdly, submission to the manifestation of the voice of the Father. After this, Jesus was ready to receive the blessing out of the windows of heaven that he had not room enough to receive that was pronounced over him at his baptism. But not until then. Can you say yes? Can you say yes? Okay, I'm just going to read through this right quick. Because I can't can't teach it. I can't teach. Watch this. As Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and had to pass that test to walk in his sonship blessing. We, as a body, must pass the sonship test. And it's going on right now. I could cite you five or six instances in the leadership, in the staff of this church that prove we're going through this testing right now. Right now. as a body. You, don't have no, you have no idea how prophetic this is. You have no idea that this is the right now moment that we are living in. We must pass the sonship test to qualify to walk in what's been spoken over us in an open heaven. Psalm 24, 6, and 7. I wish I had time to preach it to you. That God, through that prophetic word concerning resurrection seed, opened a portal in heaven. God always does it through a prophetic word. That's just one instance. I could give you a dozen others right now where God speaks a word that opens the heaven. Your obedience to that word positions you under that open place in heaven. And then God will test you over it to see if you'll be obedient to it. Luke 16, Luke 16, Lazarus, the beggar. Do you remember what Jesus said to him? Do you remember what Jesus said to that rich man? He said, he said, let, let, let somebody go speak to him. Go speak to my family and, and, And the Lord said, though one raised from the dead, they wouldn't wouldn't be able to listen. Are you here? Because they have no earthly idea how to submit. I'm I'm, I'm leaving out so much that I really want to give you, but I, I need to give you a couple of things. You must submit to man and to God if you want favor with men and God. Now, here we go. Submission is being obedient, watch me, regardless of the personal cost. You're not shouting. You're not shouting. Regardless of the personal cost. As long as whomever you're submitting to is not doing or leading you to do anything illegal, anything unethical, Or anything immoral. Jesus submitted to his earthly parents who didn't even know what he knew. Do you remember he said, why are you so confused? Don't you know I ought to be about my father's business? He was submitting to them even though he knew something they didn't know. See, you get so smart. You know everything so you have no need to submit. I submitted to my pastor when his church was one fourth the size of mine. You're not listening to me. Why? Because that's the portal of blessing. Has nothing to do with what I have or what he has or what I know or what he doesn't know. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm reading you. You have not submitted until you know something the one leading you does not know and you submit anyway. You have not submitted until you have heard something the one leading you has not heard and yet you humble yourself under that leadership. You have not submitted until you have done something the one leading you has never done and yet you still submit yourself under that leadership. Then you can begin to tell whether you're just a lip service son or whether you've truly submitted. Again, Jesus said, my parents don't, They in this regard, they half crazy. They don't, even, they don't even know what's up. But God has placed them in that position over me and I must submit. Oh, it's good stuff, man. I said, that's good stuff, man. That's stuff. That's some meat. That's some meat. James 4, 6. James 4, 6. But he giveth more grace. Now, you know James 4, 7, right? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Okay, everybody knows James 4, 7, part B, but nobody knows James 4, 6 and James 4, 7, part A. James 4, 6 says, he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud. Would everybody just say that? Just I know you're not used to saying anything like that, but try to get it in your mouth one time. God resists the proud. Now say it this way. When I am prideful, God resists me. Now, pride is not the same as confidence. Confidence walks in grace. Pride walks in error. Pride has an inflated idea of itself and its value. Pride crushes others to promote itself. That's pride. Oh, it's so James 4, 7 says, and he gives grace to the humble. James 4, 7, then submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist in word and deed the devil. Give no place, space limited by occupancy. And the devil will flee from you. He will run in terror, disgraced, and seek safety in flight, being tormented by your obedience. That's the amplified version. He will flee from you, run in terror, disgraced as a result of your obedience to the submission that God has placed in your life. Submission to authority that God has placed in your life. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the holy name of God forever. Preferring another in front of you. Stepping aside, giving room for something else submitting when it doesn't even make real sense to you hallelujah turns innocence into holiness and power i can stand before you today because i lived in absolute submission absolute submission my pastors say you need to go to the orient for three weeks oh jesus no (laughs) no The orient for three weeks. Yeah, but I've got this coming up. I've got that coming up. I would go to South Bend, Indiana, at least once a month, usually more often, never went without a gift in my hand, never presented myself to my pastor without a gift in my hand, ever, not one time. And I would sit down and we would sit down in his office and he'd snuggle his knees up to mine. And he'd say, get your calendar out. And he'd say, now I'm doing this here and here and here and I'd have some camp meeting book in that you know I'm supposed to be speaking at the biggest camp meeting in America those days already booked and 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 but I I knew not to say but I've already got this book because he'd say well why'd you book it without talking to me I have to be driven crazy filling out forms with preachers that that have been told 72 times, do not book yourself to do anything until you've cleared it with me. And then they send a form in. And sometimes I just say, no, just to do it. And then they send it back. But I've already confirmed this and they've already sent out advertising. Well, see, you just proved your inability, inability to be obedient. You just proved it. Come on we got to grow up we got to grow up we'd set those calendars out and if he said we're going to the orient bless god we're going to the orient get your bags packed the first year i was married i traveled 160 nights on the road 160 nights over half of them were with him over half of them were with him and we were building this tabernacle same year. First year of marriage, 160 nights on the road, half of them with my pastor and building this facility. And you say, well, that'd destroy your marriage. No, I was submitted. My marriage was stronger at the end of that year than at the beginning because I was in submission. I understood that submitting produces freedom. Now don't try to get any of your carnal friends to understand that, cause they never will. They just think, oh, you're just crazy. Okay, so just let me go on in bliss-filled ignorance. I'm standing here today blessed. I'm still married to the same woman. I got two beautiful children living under the covenant blessing of God. I got you sitting here looking at me. I still got a microphone in one hand and a Bible in the other. My ministry has grown every year for 30 years. Hallelujah. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And we're never gonna get under an open heaven until we learn that we submit to God by submitting to men. Hallelujah. Now, if somebody tries to get you to go, you know, buy marijuana for them, because they're your spiritual authority, then you need to go talk to the police. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about. We're not, we're not talking about that. I said, we're not talking about that. We're talking about, even after you get Isaac, God's saying, bring him to me. Bring him to me. I have to re consecrate myself continually unto God and say, is this what you want me doing is what you want me doing? I mean, I'm having a blast. But is there anything I'm doing you don't want me doing? Because I'll be glad to pull the plug on it. Hallelujah to God. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day, and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.